Hello and welcome to the NLCC Sermon Podcast. In a moment, we'll listen in on a message from our Sunday morning worship service. But first, if this is your first time tuning into NLCC, we would love for an opportunity to get to know you and walk with you in your faith journey. If you're interested in connecting with this church, head to our website, northliberty.cc, and hit the I'm New button or use the links in the description. Our goal is to help you experience the transformational power of God in your life. And we hope and pray that you find that in this message. In our Christmas at the movie series, we will be looking at some nostalgic reminders uh, through some of our favorite Christmas movies that introduce some biblical truth as to why we celebrate Christmas, the birth of our Savior Jesus. And the best one uh, Christmas movie for me would be the 1946, It's a, it's a Wonderful Life. And if you remember, George Bailey uh, dreamed of leaving that small town of, of Bedford Falls, and he wanted to go out and make a life of his own. But because his dad died, he was, uh, he was forced to stay and take care of the family business until his younger brother, Harry, uh, graduated from college. But Harry was called off to war, and he ended up becoming a war hero. And so George has to work 24-7 to keep business, the business going, and soon uh, marries his childhood sweetheart, Mary. Uh, and on the day that they were supposed to leave for their honeymoon, uh, the economy takes a tank, and they have to spend all of their wedding money to keep the business going. And his partner, Uncle Billy, ends up losing $8,000, if you remember, on Christmas Eve, and uh, George is threatened with scandal and jail time. But think, uh, he's, he's thinking he's worth more dead than alive, and he cries out to God, and God answers his prayer by sending Clarence uh, Oddbody AS2, angel second class. And if you remember, uh, Clarence was trying to earn his wings, uh, and when George wishes that he had never been born, Clarence grants his wish. And thus begins the journey for George showing uh, what Bedford Falls would have looked like if he had never been born. And his brother Harry would have died as a child when he fell through the ice. And he would never have been that war hero saving hundreds of in, uh, soldiers uh, during that particular war. And Mr. Gower, if you remember the pharmacist, uh, he would have accidentally poisoned a customer and spent 20 years in prison. When he got out, he would have been homeless. Mary would have died an old maid. Zuzu, his daughter, would never have been married. Uh, his uncle Billy would have spent his entire life in an insane asylum, and Potter would have turned Bedford Falls into Sin City. And George, being able to see all of this, he realizes that his one life really did make a difference. Uh, even though the ripple effect of one's life is impossible to measure, it still is worth a life living. Uh, let's, so I, I want to interject George's wishes uh, of never being born to the birth of Jesus Christ, okay? And so my question to you is, what if Jesus never was born? What if he, he, would, he was never born? What if the day after Christmas never came because there was no Christmas? What if the angels didn't wake the, the shepherds that particular night, or there was no star for the wise men to follow so they could find the toddler Jesus a year and a half later? What would uh, life be like? Would, would the world be different? Would your life be different? Would you be in worship today? Reading the Gospels about the birth of Jesus does have that feel of a silent night, that everything God planned was perfect, just the way it was supposed to. But in Revelation chapter 12, that's where I want you to turn in your Bibles, Revelation chapter 12, I know this isn't a typical Christmas story, but this is just an amazing thing that we just overlook, okay? Uh, because John writes that a war was taking place the very night Jesus was born. 
I don't know if you guys knew that, but Revelation chapter 12 talks about this whole thing. So not all was calm, not all was silent. And as you read Revelation 12, you get this chill in your bones that Christmas almost didn't happen. So John writes in Revelation 12, she was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was giving birth. And appearing an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. And his tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. This would be Satan's, uh, the, the angels that followed Satan. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child that moment he, it was born. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And the woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, and there was war in heaven. There was a war taking place the very night Jesus was born. And then it goes in to describe the battle that takes place between Michael and his angels and the dragon and his angels. Again, what if the dragon had won? What if Jesus was never born? And this is the parallel between It's a Wonderful Life and this Christmas story. And so I want us to look at our world today and think of what it would be like if Jesus had never been born. Now most of us, you know, we are aware of the difference that Jesus has made in our own personal lives. Uh, but what kind of difference did his life make across the world in all generations, culturally and morally? So the, the effect of Jesus' birth and life and resurrection is clearly seen not just spiritually, but in life in general. Whether you are a follower of Jesus Christ or not, we owe him a great deal of praise and gratitude because he has forever changed the world in which we live. Dr. James Allen Francis wrote something about the life of Christ. It's really uh, interesting, but uh, the last paragraph he said this. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, put together have not affected the life of man on this earth as much as that one solitary life. Now one of the things that we are aware that happened because Jesus was born is that he changed our calendar, the way we do time, right? We measure uh, time by B.C., before Christ, and Anno Domini, uh, the year of our Lord. The laws of our land throughout the, the, the nation, throughout the, the world, have are patterned after the Bible. And there are many other ways Jesus affected the world in which we live. And like George Bailey, if Jesus was never born, these good things would not have happened if it weren't for him being born. Jesus' birth had a huge impact on our society and our world today. And for instance, so I'm going to go through a, a, few, a few things that give you a little uh, uh, example of what, what has changed. Women. Women have most certainly benefited from Christ's influence because in ancient culture, the wife was considered the property of the husband. Aristotle even wrote, a woman is somewhere between a free man and a slave. In ancient India and in China and Rome and Greece, men believed that women were not uh, competent and, or able to be independent uh, and they were worth the value of a dog. That was it. That's how they were seen. Many of these old ideas ended at the beginning of the 19th century through Christian missionaries preaching Christ in these third world countries. A centuries, uh, uh, Hindus, this was kind of interesting, Hindus today even say that the Bible had to have been written by a woman because of the high respect and worth that scripture holds women. That's kind of interesting. Uh, Jesus did more to strengthen the status of women than any other figure in history. He treated them as equals when it came to worth and value and salvation. And God could have come into this world in many, many ways, but he chose to entrust uh, the young woman named Mary with the responsibility of giving birth and raising his only begotten son uh, to save all people, his people, from their sins. 
And so the birth of Christ and the advancement of the gospel of Jesus made all the difference. Another example would be children. You see, the world that Jesus was born into, uh, abortion was considered a normal part of life. It, it wasn't unusual for an unwanted child to be placed in the woods for wild animals or for strangers just to come by and pick up. In, in, in the world Jesus was born, most all deformed babies uh, were abandoned in the, in the garbage or thrown into the ravines. Romans considered children the property of the dad. He could sell or kill his child up to the age of eight years old, and it was just a matter of wise econ economics. If you were a girl, your chances of living a good life were minimal at best. Be before Jesus was born, more than half of the children didn't live past eight years old. And then Jesus was born. He taught the value of life, and since then, followers of Christ have cherished all life as sacred, even the unborn, right? The term fetus that you hear all the time was a Latin term, word meaning the unborn baby. Uh, the Greek term for baby was embryo. And so the ancient world understood before ultrasounds that life was growing inside the mom, which arguably places women on a high list of standards and worth in God's eyes. In, in ancient Rome, Christians saved many abandoned babies and brought them up in their own homes and in the faith. Other Christians opened up their homes and they started what is now called orphanages throughout the world. And, and in today's world, you even also have the, the women's pregnancy centers uh, because of the name of Jesus. And so the birth of Christ and advancing the gospel made all the difference. Another example Slavery, we don't like talking about that, but slavery was ended in large parts because of Christian activists. A British evangelical Christian, Wilbur Wilberforce, was a prime, primary, primary drive behind ending the international slave trade. Uh, Two-thirds of the members of the American Abolitionist Society were Christian ministers. And again, the birth of Christ and advancing the gospel uh, made all the difference. Another subject that would not have been dealt with but for Jesus being born, Poverty. Uh, Christians inspired by Jesus have done more than any institution and government or group of people to help the needy. There are countless third world orphanages, inner city missions, and tens of thousands of food pantries across the world that have been all inspired by the name of Christ. You have the Salvation Army, a YMCA, the Red Cross, Hope Rescue, Mercy Ships, Compassion International, Fame, Samaritan Purse, just a few of the thousands that help with poverty in the name of Christ. George Gallup did a poll, he does it every year, but this, uh, he says that every year over $20 billion are spent in the name of Jesus to help those who are in need. And then you add uh, the dollar amount to the value of uh, church volunteers who help with all that, another $6 billion. That's $26 billion helping the needy all in the name of Jesus Christ done through the church. So Christianity established uh, the first hospitals to care uh, medically for the poor. In, in 325 A.D., the church met at the Council of Nicaea and said that for every church that began, a new hospital was supposed to start. And after Constantine legalized Christianity, hospitals began to pop up everywhere as Christians cared for those who were sick and those who were in need. And, 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 and it was purely a result of the spread of Christianity, all because of Jesus' teaching and life. So again, the birth of Christ and advancing the gospel made all the difference.
Another area impacted by Jesus' birth, uh, the greatest pioneers of science were inspired by Christian, the Christian uh, faith, right? Isaac Newton, uh, he said this, when I look at the solar system, I see the earth at the right distance from the sun to receive proper amounts of heat and light. This did not happen by chance. This most beautiful system of the sun and the planets and comets could only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent and powerful being. And so in the history of science, you find one Christian scientist after another who are considered the founding fathers of their branch of science. Anesthetic surgery, Louis, uh, or Joseph Lister. Uh, ba bacteriology, Louis Pasteur. Uh, calculus, Isaac Newton. Uh, chemistry, Robert Boyle. Commuter, uh, com uh, computer science, Charles Babbage. Electronics, uh, John Fleming. And the list goes on and on. Again, the birth of Christ and the advancing of the gospel made all the difference. Now, Jesus also changed education throughout the world. Uh, his foundation is based in Christianity and the Bible. Didn't know if you knew that the first 123 universities and college, colleges began by Christians for advancing the gospel of Christ. Some of them are Yale, Princeton, Harvard. All those schools began be, to send preachers out into the world. And during the Dark Ages, it was the Christian priests and monks who copied in hand, uh, uh, who, by hand many of the ancient classics that we have today, all because they wanted to preserve that stuff. Most of the languages we have today have been translated by Christians so that the gospel could be uh, preached to all languages. After the Reformation, uh, in pagan countries, the literacy rate was around 10%, and in the countries where the gospel was being uh, promoted, the literacy rate was over 20%. And so the movable type printing press, you, 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 some of you might remember this, that made uh, mass production of books possible was developed by Johannes Gutenberg, right? Uh, uh, the sole purpose of printing the Bible. In 1647, uh, the Puritans got together and passed a law that all children were to be educated. And it was called the Old Deluder Satan Act. Uh, you can find that, uh, this really cool reading. But starting, it, they stated that the main reason to do this was because Satan, our enemy, his main purpose was to keep man from the knowledge of God's word. And so that's why they wanted to educate uh, kids. And this is what it said in one of them, or in the, in the this do, the Satan Act, sounds weird. But it is ordered by the court that every township within this jurisdiction shall then forthwith appoint one within their town to teach all children to read and write whose wages shall be paid. Teachers, you started getting a salary because of biblical principles. Not any other organization, but because of godly principles. Public schools were started for the purpose of teaching children how to read the word of God. And it's pretty obvious when you look at the original uh, curriculum being the Bible and the New England Primer. The, 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 alphabet, the alphabet, the ABCs that the kids were taught, A, this, this is, goes way back, A, in Adam's fall we all sinned, B, heaven to find the Bible mind, C, Christ crucified for sinners died. That's how the public schools were teaching our children the alphabet. And so the birth of Jesus Christ and advancing the gospel made all the difference. And, and if Jesus would not have been born, the argument would be, be made that the United States would not exist the way it does. If you know anything about your history here, listen to what uh, Christopher Columbus wrote. It was the Lord who put in my mind to sail to the Indies. All who heard of my project rejected it with laughter. There is no question the inspiration was from the Holy Spirit. 
John Quincy Adams, our sixth president, said, the birthday of our nation is indissolubly linked to the birthday of our savior. The Declaration of Independence first organized the social compact on the foundation of the redeemers, that'd be Christ's mission on earth, and laid the cornerstone of human's government upon the precepts of Christianity. In 1620, the Mayflower Compact, we whose names are undersigned, uh, having ta un undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith and the honor of our king and country, a voyage uh, to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia. Again, for the glory of God and for the advancement of the Christian faith. In 1643, the Puritans formed the single covenant called the New England Federation to unite all of those colonies. He says, it says, we all come into these parts of America with one and the same end and aim, namely to advance the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I can go on and on about the signers of the Declaration, about the, the battle cry of the American Revolution, what Patrick Henry actually said, that this great nation was founded by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for this reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum and prosperity and freedom to worship in the United States. And the birth of Christ and advancement of the gospel made all the difference. You know, we, we could go on, on and on about all this stuff. And we had a little fun with, you know, the, the, the scenes from It's a Wonderful Life. If you haven't seen that, I would encourage you to watch it. But, but what the world would have like, been like with, with George uh, Bailey would, had not been born. But let me, let me make some personal spiritual application through all of this. Continuing this thought when, it come, thought when it comes to the world, uh, what it would be like without Jesus uh, being born, let me just throw this, throw this at you, okay? And you need to wrap your mind around it. I mean, you, some of you probably didn't even know there was a spiritual warfare taking place, a real war taking place the night Jesus was born. But in John chapter 1, if Jesus would not have been born physically, the scripture says Jesus would have still existed. John 1 makes that very clear. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. If you go back a little further in the beginning of time in Genesis chapter 1, God says, let us make man in our image. He's talking to Jesus, the Son, and he's talking to the Holy Spirit. John chapter 1. If Jesus was not physically born into this world, uh, he would still exist, but there would be some serious spiritual ramifications if God didn't come in the flesh in the form of a little baby born in a barn to a poor Jewish couple to save his people from their sins, being that final blood sacrifice needed to cover all of our sins. And here it is. If Jesus was never born in the flesh, you wouldn't know him as Jesus. You wouldn't know him as Messiah, the one who came to save his people from their sins. According to the Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Psalm and, and Hebrews, God has set eternity and his existence in the heart of every man. In fact, Paul even says this in Romans chapter 1. Since what we may know uh, may be known about God is plain to them, God, because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse men are without excuse in knowing that there is a God and when it comes to 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 seeking out God Jeremiah says that if you're truly searching God with all of your heart you're going to find him but you're, you're, you might still find God but if Jesus were, were never born you wouldn't know him as Jesus and so his birth makes it possible for us to see and even know God 
Remember, it was he who said, if you've you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. His name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. But if, if it weren't for his birth, we wouldn't know him even as a friend. Remember, Jesus said that in John chapter 15. You are my friend. Jesus called us his friends. We wouldn't have access to God if Jesus wasn't born. No mediator, no advocate, no one who understands the battle between the flesh and the spirit. We're, we're not here because that we're, we're tied to some kind of religion. It's nothing, it should have nothing to do with what faith, what religion you come from. We're here because of a personal relationship with God. And that only comes through Jesus Christ. If Jesus had never been born, mankind would have had some interest in knowing about God. Scripture's playing on that. But we would think, like a lot of people still do, that we have to earn his love and his forgiveness. And today, because Jesus was born, we get to approach the throne of God. We get to approach his glory and able to worship him all because of Jesus. See, if Jesus had not been born, he would still exist, but we wouldn't know him as God. We wouldn't know God as a father. And this is what's really interesting. If you go back in the Old Testament, you're only going to find God's name being used in the term of father seven times. But in the New Testament, God is referred to as a father over 150 times. What changed? Jesus was born. That's what changed. Romans and Galatians teach us that when we come to Christ, we've, been, we've moved from being separated by sin to being grafted or adopted into his family. Both of Paul's letters here say that we can call out to him as Abba, Father. Now, before uh, Jesus was born, there is absolutely no record of anyone ever calling God Abba. And Abba means father or daddy. That's what it literally means. And so it becomes pretty obvious that after Jesus was born that God wants us to see him as a father. And Jesus even said, no one comes to the father, no one comes to dad except through me. I mean, we wouldn't know Jesus as a savior if he weren't born. Think about that. John says the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. And I don't know why it is that our kids or children in general understand this truth better than adults. Maybe that's why Jesus said that the only way we're going to enter into the kingdom of heaven is if we come to him as little children that with their innocence and their trust in him. In a church, it's not that complicated. It's not complicated at all. If Jesus had never been born, we wouldn't be saved. We wouldn't. We would not have the hope of eternal life with our Father in heaven because if Jesus had not been born, then there would not have been that pure sacrifice to save us from our sins. Jesus did away with all the sacrificial, the blood sacrifices when he went to the cross. Church, we're only four weeks away from actually celebrating Christmas, the birth of our Savior, which happens to be on a Sunday this year, December 25th. Which is a Sunday. Did I say that once already? It's on a Sunday at 10 o'clock. We are still having services to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because isn't that what the day is all about? So don't forget. 10 o'clock, Sunday 25th. (laughs) But maybe the discussions around our dinner tables on Christmas shouldn't be Did Jesus change the world? We know he did. We know he did on every level, on every continent, in every generation, to every race. Things would be horribly different if Jesus had never been physically born. Instead of debating over subject matter that has nothing to do with salvation, 
why not have a discussion on whether or not those who are gathered around your Christmas celebrations understand the difference Jesus has already made? And whether or not those who are sitting around your table believe that Jesus is the Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. That should be your conversation. Church, because of the birth of Jesus, we actually get to live a wonderful life. And in so doing, because of his blessing, use that one life that God has blessed you with to advance the gospel of our Savior Jesus. We shouldn't just be talking about the birth of Jesus in December. We should be talking about Jesus every time we open our mouths. So that the world who hears the things that proceed out of our mouths, the things that they see us doing, will actually know and believe that we are true disciples of Jesus because of our love for one another and our love for the world. If you found value in this message, then we want to encourage you to subscribe to this channel. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, then please share it with them. NLCC has another podcast called The Other Six where we discuss what it looks like to have an everyday faith on the other six days of the week. You can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts or there's a video version on our YouTube channel. Thank you for listening in and participating with us. We look forward to doing this again with you next week.